Well, good morning, everybody. Boy, it's sure good to see all of you here together for worship as we celebrate another beautiful day in Wisconsin. Enjoy it. It's like one of the few nice summer days that we get around here, right? Someone said, hope you uh, enjoyed your summer when it was nice last week, but looks like God gave us another one. So wonderful to see all of you today and uh, good to be in the house of the Lord where we remember the one who gave us this beautiful day. We remember the one who was present with us every day in the good times and the bad. We remember the one who speaks to us today through his word. He speaks, we hear his voice into our ear, into our hearts. We remember the one who comes to us today in the very body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins as we receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. What a wonderful time to be together in the Lord's house. So uh, it's good to see you here with us today. Uh, you know, we're beginning this new summer sermon series today. Today's the kickoff of our new summer sermon series. It's um, called Rethink lies you believe. And we're gonna spend some time talking about um, all of the lies that, that the world and the devil and our own sinful self tells us and, and how important it is now more than ever to know the truth of God's word and to be able to distinguish the difference between God's truth and the lies that are in our world so that we can follow him and accomplish his purposes for us. So today's the kickoff as we talk about that and it's also Holy Trinity Sunday. What a perfect time for us to talk about lies and truth as God has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we'll have a chance also in our worship to remember uh, the beautiful uh, way God has shown himself to us in this way. So good to worship together. And guess what I have for announcements today? Nothing. Uh, just read your announcement bulletin. There's a lot of things going on in there that you can see and participate in, but nothing pressing that I need to call to your attention this day. Uh, so what do you say we just get busy with worship? The earlier we start, the longer I can preach. So <laughs> would you please stand as we begin and open up our songs and hearts and voices in, in praise.
idols I'll stand strong and worship you And if it puts me in the fire Then I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be formed by feelings I'll hold fast to what is true And if the cross brings transformation Then I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life And if I join you in your sufferings Then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints My heart will still be singing My song will be the same be magnified in me. Today we are going to be talking about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all have roles in our lives. And we have a role as followers of Christ. And part of that role is confessing our sin to the Father. So let us confess. Father God of our hearts, we come to you to repent. We have been fixing our eyes on the things of this world. We have let our fears and our anxieties cause us to turn to other things before coming to you. Father, we have sinned and need forgiveness. Well, friends, maybe you've heard me say this before, but I truly, I just truly believe that one of the greatest joys for me as one of your pastors is to be able to do what I'm just gonna do, to remind you that you are loved so much by your Father God that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to forgive your sins, to tell you once again that when you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just and will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So as one of your pastors, again, I remind you that your sins are indeed forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We have such a good, good father who loves us, let's just sing our praise to this good father.
thousand stories of what they think you're like but i've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that i'm never It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers. Please be seated. 
And now we turn to the word of the Lord. And as we just sang, we have a good father. And because he is a good father, he has not left us here in this broken world to figure things out on our own. Because he's a good father, he has given us what we need to know about what's right and wrong. He's given us his truth to stand up against all of the lies that surround us every day. In our first reading from Psalm 119, we'll hear that what God has given us is his word, that is, a lamp to our feet, his precepts and laws that we rejoice and celebrate as it teaches us about his truth. So hear the words from Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And this is the word of the Lord. Now in our second reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, also will serve as the basis of the message in a little bit, St. Paul is speaking to his young apprentice pastor, Timothy. And as he's teaching this pastor, this young pastor, how to stand up to the truth in the in, to stand up for the truth in the world, he lays out a beautiful charge that we all need to hear, to preach the word with confidence. St. Paul said, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And this is the word of the Lord. And now in our gospel from John chapter 16, Jesus does his best to explain a little bit of the workings of the Trinity, how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all work together to help us in our lives. The words from John chapter 16, and since these are Jesus' words, let's rise in honor to him. Our Lord said, Now 
I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only of what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, the risen Christ. Amen. Now would be a good time for you to pull out the little yellow insert, the sermon outline, as we work through the Word of God together. And as I mentioned earlier, I am so excited to begin this new sermon series. You know how it works for us at Faith. Our worship team gets together like six months ago already. Uh, we had started the planning for this summer series of what we would talk about. And, you know, it just became evidently clear to us as we were praying and thinking about where God is leading us as a congregation, what are the things that we're dealing with in this world in which we live. It just became really clear and evident that we need to talk about truth and about all of the lies that we are bombarded with daily because of social media or the things that we see on television or the things we hear from our friends. We are under so much pressure these days to stand up for the truth of God or just to know the difference between God's truth and the world's truth. So we said, we need to do a series called Rethink Lies We Believe. And along the way, there's really sort of two things we're hoping that will happen in our summer sermon series. First of all, that you will again be um, reminded of the truth of God. That as we talk about these lies, that you will also see that God has clearly laid out his truth, his will for us. And the second thing we're hoping is that through this, you will also be equipped so that when you're confronted with these lies, when you're confronted with these uh, deceptions, that you will be strong in God's will and God's word and be able to stand up against it. So today is the kickoff of our summer series, Rethink Lies That We Believe. And I printed on the front of your outline really the base verse for this whole series. It's from our epistle lesson from 2 Timothy 4. Take a look at what St. Paul said and see if this doesn't surprise you. <laughs> he said, the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You think that's going on at all today? 
I mean, are you okay with what's happening in our culture, in our world these days? Are you okay with some of the behaviors and the morals and the values that our world today says are normal, right? That they're okay and acceptable? I am daily shocked at the things that I hear people say and the things I hear people believe about um, all kinds of issues, which we'll talk about in our series. Right? How did it happen that we've gotten so far away from the truth of God? And what are we to do in our individual lives and as a church to stand up for the truth? Or as I wrote on your outline, what are we to do when God's truth is denied, even reviled and vilified in our world? Well, the good news is, apparently God knew this would happen. <laughs> These words from 2 Timothy were written exactly for us, weren't they? These words couldn't be more, more practical or relevant than they are. St. Paul tells us exactly how we stand up for truth, exactly how we change hearts and minds of people and make a difference in our world. And that's what I'm gonna run through with you today in our outline. What did St. Paul teach us in 2 Timothy 4 for how to stand strong in the truth? Well, first of all, he said this. If you're filling in your outline, he said, I give you this charge, preach the word. That's what goes in your blanks there, right? Preach the word. I love it. He said, of all the things he could have said to young Timothy as he fights against the lies of his time, the thing he says is preach the word. He didn't say go out and do great miracles. He didn't say go out and raise the dead. He didn't say go out and heal the sick. That's how you'll change people's hearts and minds. No, he said, I give you this charge. Preach the word, the word of God. That's all we need, the word of God. Not book reviews, not economics, not politics, not sociology. The word of God is our tool to stand strong against the lies and the deceptions of this world. The word of God is a fire that can melt the coldest heart. The word of God is a sword that can cut the hardest soul. The word of God is a light that can enlighten the darkest, darkest mind. All we need is the word of God. And so how do we use that word? Right? There's seven things that St. Paul lays out in his text that we'll run through. Right? How, does, how do we preach, use the word, speak the word, use this tool God has given us? Well, first, St. Paul says we need to speak confidently. Right? Fill that one out in your blank. Speak confidently. He said, preach the word. The word is the inspired, inerrant, infallible uh, word of God. Maybe you've heard me say this before. I hope you have. The Bible is unique. There is no other book in the world that is like the Bible. The Bible is a living document that God himself has given to us. This is what we mean by inspired, that God inspired the writers so that when we read the Bible, we are reading and hearing God's very own word. The Bible is inerrant. That means it has no mistakes, no errors. It means everything the Bible says is true and right and good, or as we Lutherans would say, meet right and salutary, right? It's all perfectly, never make a mistake, and it is infallible. That means it will never fail to accomplish its purposes. All of the promises that it makes will come true because it's God's word. 
So you see, we can confidently use this word. We can confidently speak this word. We don't need to be embarrassed. We don't need to be shy or timid when we speak the word of God into the midst of the lies and deception of the world. We don't ever have to feel like we're not good enough or we don't know it enough because it's not us. It's the powerful word of God that will change hearts and minds and make a difference in the world. So the first thing Paul says is speak confidently using the gift of the word of God. Second, he says, speak compellingly, compellingly. Uh, that means we speak with energy and enthusiasm and pride. I'm, I, I feel like in our world these days, people are almost embarrassed to speak the word of God into our culture. It's almost like um, maybe I shouldn't stand on the word right now. Uh, but instead of that, I'd much rather have us just be excited and encouraged and speak the word of God with confidence and boldness. I know a lot of preachers that should either put some fire in their sermon or put their sermons in the fire. You know, preach with excitement and enjoy. Speak the word of God confidently and compellingly. Be prepared to speak that word at all places and all times. St. Paul says, speak confidently, speak compellingly. And third, he says, speak continuously. Again, if you're filling in blanks, speak continuously. He said, speak in season and out of season. Now, this isn't talking about weather or the seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall. What I think it really means is that we must speak the truth all the time. Speak the truth when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. We must speak the truth when it's popular and even when it's unpopular. We must speak the truth even if people like it or if they don't like it. See, speak the truth in season and out of season. Never shrink back for speaking the truth. Speak confidently, compellingly, continuously, and fourth, speak convictingly. Is convictingly a word, really? I don't know, I needed another C, so that's why I kind of made it up, maybe. But speak the word to convict or to correct, as St. Paul said, to correct. You do know it's okay, right? It is okay to confront or correct someone who is doing something that's harmful for their lives who's believing something that's dangerous for themselves or others. When did it ever become wrong to stand up for the truth and lovingly correct someone for their errors or their mistakes? But we live in a world where we're told we can't do that anymore. I am shocked how far the needle has moved about an unwillingness we have to speak the truth and correct someone lovingly for their mistakes. It's even moved into parenting and families. I was talking to a fellow the other day and he said to me that he was really struggling with issues with his son. And I wrote down exactly what he said to me. He said, I don't agree with him, my son, but who am I to tell him that he's wrong? I'm like, are you kidding me? You're his father. That's your job. That's why God made you for him, that you will speak truth in him, that you will correct him when he's wrong that you will, you will show him the path that God wants him to walk on. But for some crazy reason, we live in a world today where we're told you can't tell someone that they're wrong. 
I think God's word says just the opposite. We have a responsibility to lovingly correct one another. St. Paul said it here in this verse. And next, he said, speak courageously. Because when we do that, right, when we speak truth, when we tell people in love that they're wrong or that they're doing things that are harmful for themselves or others, right, we're going to get reviled. We're gonna get called names like harsh or hateful or narrow-minded or unloving or intolerant, right? It's gonna come. So when it does come, we need to be courageous. We need to stand up strong for the word of God and let the word of God speak and do its work. How do we stand up for truth in this world? Confidently, compellingly, continuously, convictingly, courageously, flip your outline, there's two more left. We also need to speak constructively. St. Paul said we need to encourage one another. The Bible word for encourage means to build up. The goal in speaking truth is not so that people will go, wow, that person's really smart, to make us look better. The goal in speaking truth is not to tear someone down. The goal in speaking truth is to build them up and to encourage them, right? The work we need to do is not only to tell people what they can't be without Jesus, but it's also to tell them what they can be with Jesus, to build them up in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that he and his spirit and his word can change their hearts and minds and move them in the way they should go. And finally, the seventh, how do we speak truth into this world? We speak compassionately compassionately. St. Paul said, we speak with great patience and careful instruction. You see St. Paul saying, it's gonna take time sometimes for the word of God to change people's hearts and minds. So with patience and careful instruction, teach. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. Roses don't bloom in a moment. Fruit isn't born in a minute. Sometimes it takes time for God to work and to change. So look at these beautiful seven things, words from St. Paul of how we use the truth to stand strong in this dark, deceitful world. Two quick things, and if you're thinking, man, we're never gonna get out of here because there's still half of the thing left, these will be fast, all right? Number two, realize that when we do that, as I wrote, people won't like the truth. Don't be surprised when you speak truth and people don't like it, people don't wanna hear it. St. Paul said it would happen. He said, the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. The word for sound in the Greek, we get our English word hygiene from. It means healthy or health giving. What St. Paul is saying is that the time is coming when people won't wanna hear what's right, they won't wanna hear what's healthy, they won't wanna hear what's good for them, right? Instead, what did he say? To suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear. Don't be surprised when you speak truth and they say, I don't want truth. Don't be surprised when you speak truth and they say, I have my own truth that I like a whole lot better that makes my itching ears feel good. Right? That's the world in which we live today. St. Paul said this would happen. People won't like the truth. So he said they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And people are turning aside to the craziest myths these days. So that's why it is so important that we speak truth. If we don't bring the meat of the word of God to people, 
they will turn to the curdled milk of, of political correctness or satanic deception or their own sinful selves for truth. God has appointed you and me to be light in the darkness, to take the word of God out into the deceptions and lies. And finally, I hope you know that when you do this, it will not be easy, right? Speaking truth will not be easy. St. Paul closes with these sort of encouraging words to us. He said, keep your head in all situations. You know what that means to me? When people fire hateful words at us, when people call us names for standing in the truth of God, we keep our head. We don't fire back in hate. We don't fire back, you know, uh, with, um, with hurtful language. Instead, we keep our heads and lovingly speak the truth. We endure hardship, he said. It's not gonna be easy. We'll be persecuted when we speak truth. Do the work of an evangelist and discharge the duties of your ministry. In other words, this is St. Paul saying to everyone, to you and me, he's saying, I know it's gonna be hard. I know it's gonna be challenging. I know that it's gonna cause you hardship and pain, but there's nothing more important in life than you could ever do than stand on the word of God and speak truth into your own heart, your own family, and into the world you live. So friends, I just pray that this is the beginning, this summer series of a great time for us to again be reminded of what God has taught us in his word and finding ways to speak boldly and confidently and lovingly that word into our world. God bless you as we begin our summer series together. Amen. All right, friends, let's say thank you to God for all that he has done for us and given us especially the gift of his holy word through our offerings. Uh, you all know these are the gifts we use at Faith to lift up the name of Jesus here in the Fox Valley in our world. So thank you for joining us on that mission and thank you for your giving. Your glory, God, is what I
And now if you're able, would you stand as we come to our amazing God in prayer, knowing that he always hears and always answers according to what he knows is best. We pray. Well, dear Holy Spirit, God, you are welcome here. More than that, Holy Spirit, God, you are needed here, needed in our hearts, our lives, needed in our world. We need your strength, your encouragement that we might boldly stand for the truth, that we might be able to hear the difference between your truth and the world's lies and deceptions, and that we might walk in the path that you have prepared for us. Lord, be with us as individuals and as a church that we might be able to walk that line, that fine line between speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love. God, we also pray today that that Holy Spirit presence would be a part of our world as we celebrate your grace and goodness. We pray today for Sam and Lily Wagner as they rejoice in the birth of their little baby boy, Rhett. And Lord, even though he came three months early, we rejoice in his good health and we rejoice in the protection that you have provided him through doctors and nurses. Lord, we celebrate with Alexandria and Christopher Chisholm in their five-year anniversary as husband and wife and pray for all um, marriages that their love would always be a reflection of your love for them in Christ. Today, Lord, we also celebrate this weekend the 60th ordination anniversary of Pastor Leon Knitt. Pastor Knitt has been a part of our ministry here at Faith for some 20 years, Lord, and we're just so thankful for him and his many, many faithful years of service. God, we also know that there are those who are crying out to your Holy Spirit for strength in their illness and in surgeries that they face. And so we lift up Jennifer Klein and Mary Gashman, uh, Gassman and many others on our hearts and minds and on our prayer list that need your healing touch. Bless them with your love and your grace and your gift of healing. And Lord, we also want to pause now as we each have our own individual requests and prayers as we offer them up to you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we praise your name this day for being a part of our lives, for guiding, leading, and directing us, and for answering our prayers as you know best. And now we continue with the prayer Jesus himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, this great meal, in it, Jesus gives us such great joy and forgiveness and peace. So take a moment now to share that peace and joy with one another before you are seated and come to the Lord's table.
If you're able now, would you stand? Oh, friends, having received this great meal, may this true body and blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the true faith unto life everlasting. Go now in the peace, joy, and great forgiveness of your God. Amen. And as you go, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.
Oh, precious is the 